Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate hey, Roberts. I am Rodney Godek. Hello. What's and up, brother? Oh, you know, I, I'm super tired today. So if it's if I'm yeah. low, if I'm low energy, I apologize to everyone out there. It's uh, nah, it's we'll, been a, we'll bring it's, each other up. It's been a, it's been a rough week. Uh, and I know it's only Tuesday, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's weeks start differently, you know. That's, uh, so that's sometimes true. Tuesday is either is the end of the week for some people. <laughs> that's that's true. I do have tomorrow off as my like first day off uh, in the in the week. So it's March. Uh, it's March. Uh, happy March. Uh, winter yeah. is is ending. Uh, definitely up here, upstate New York. It's been it's been like the lamest winter ever. Uh, if you don't believe in global warming or climate change, whatever, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, you probably should. Yeah. Uh, it's been odd, but I mean, we've got a bout of warmer temps right now above average, I think for the season. So hopefully that continues. Yeah. Even though we just got a couple inches last Friday. Right. Right. I'd start composting right now. If I were you, um, <laughs> Also, I feel like it's I, great timing. <laughs> I just I feel like I have to say it. Um, the obligatory uh, save the Ukraine, fuck Russia. Um, all right, here we go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all right, episode eleven. Um, the cursed and all the moons. Two nineteenth-century period pieces. Um, apparently, uh, monster movies, you know, from the trailers anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so we had, we had a couple connections there. Um, werewolves in the cursed and, uh, vampires in all the moons. So, um, I definitely liked both of these movies and, um, I think, uh, I think we're just going to go right into the play by play. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, let's kick it off with that. I was, uh, I think that you know, when we saw that these were both kind of going to be lining up, uh, where the uh, All the Moons was being released on Shutter, I think a couple weeks ago, mid February, and Curse just came out in theaters a week or so ago. Uh, I think it came out the same weekend as Texas Chainsaw, but obviously we prioritized Texas Chainsaw Texas because Chainsaw. Uh, obviously you know it's more, um, it was going to get more attention and be more interesting to talk about that really soon. So yeah, it was good. Uh, it was just good timing that these happened at the same time, and we wanted to talk about it because creature features or monsters is a great subgenre in horror, and you're all these are fun because usually with them when they come out now, uh, the filmmakers are going to try to do something new or different, or how can they recreate the story? Because these are stories that are very very old that there's not a lot of variability uh, or. Maybe that becomes a thing that people talk about where it's like, oh, well, like when 20, um, what was it, 30 Days of Night came out? Sure. It was like, oh, the fast, crazy zombies, and same with like 28 Days Later. Yeah. Uh, just certain period pieces that like they do something unique or new. So, yeah, we should probably start with uh, getting into All the Moons and the moons. we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, before we start that, yeah, that's obviously a good point. As both of these movies definitely took a turn on like your classic uh vampire mythology and your classic werewolf mythology so. right uh and again uh this is a spoiler laden episode conversation uh, so please make sure you are watching these films uh before you listen to our dialogue but obviously uh if you're the kind of person that doesn't care about that and can still enjoy it then awesome and be sure to tune in every tuesday at 8 twitch.tv forward slash podcast recently deceased 
and feel free to join in the conversation. Um, just hop right into the chat. We are monitoring it live. Sweet. So, uh, 19th century, for those of you that do not know, when they say the 19th century, they're referring to the year 18 such and such. Right. One behind. And, and at, in addition to both these movies being 19th century and both these movies being about monsters, they both jump timelines. Um, so yeah. they, we actually, we actually have a lot of, of, uh, cool is it necessary? Is co- it important <laughs> to do that? Do we need to know whatever? We'll talk about well, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it, but here's another, that's another little coincidence, um, on these two films. Yeah. Fun. So this movie, uh, all the moon starts off in 1876 during the Carlist war. I didn't know jack shit about the Carlist war. Never heard of it. I said, what is this? This is back Karl Marx. I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> so I looked it up, and it's just uh, during, um, in Spain, this long series of wars, uh, this was like the, this takes place at the end of it, I think they're saying. Right. Um, so, right, so we have a, a, an orphanage. Um, you know, some girls are sleeping. The nuns come in. They gather all the girls together and start praying. You got some, you hear explosions outside. Um, everybody's scared. The the place explodes and kind of collapses in on itself. Uh, yeah, and the camera's been focusing on one of the girls yeah. who's not uh, as tight with everyone doing the, the readings. Uh, I think they're saying uh, the Our Father, if you're right. familiar with that prayer. Right. And so, uh, yeah carnage continues to ensue with the war and the bombardments that's happening overhead and uh things collapse and we get to the next morning i think is more or less she yeah she kind of comes to it's not it's not quite morning right uh she comes to to a figure standing over her and uh and it's a woman with uh you know, she kind of dressed like a gypsy. She's got rags and this, like, yeah, like blanket, sort of almost a, sort of slap facey type look. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and she, you know, the girl asks for help, and she just says she doesn't want to yeah. die, so she gets picked up. Oh, we should also mention this movie is subtitled. Um, Correct. If for... that is not your bag. Uh, please never watch our show again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just get over it and read the fucking subtitles. If you exclude foreign films from your uh, repertoire of filming, uh, you're a jackass. <laughs> so, right away, the thing that I wanted to mention with how this film starts, after, after watching it, I come to this conclusion, and it's something that I wish I would have been more invested in right away. But this film, the dialogue and what's spoken is very very important because what we'll see in this movie is that there's not a ton of things happening all the time and the words that are spoken between characters are really meaningful and impactful if you try to feel the weight or put yourself into that environment you know both of us talk about immersion and how we want to feel that early on in this film it it's sort of like a book where you're kind of like fighting to get into and uh it's not doing a good job of pulling you in right away. Uh, yeah. I, so I, like, w- <laughs> I agree. I, w- I, I agree. It took me probably about 30 minutes 
uh, in yeah. to, to get hooked. Um, and I was actually taken out twice, and I will... I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminded me of the two times I was taken out. Um, and one of them's right here in the beginning, so I'll get to tell that story here in a few minutes. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> the things that are spoken. Uh, Christ, I can't remember. Uh, I don't... That's the other thing. Not everyone has uh, a, a name in this. Like, aside right. from the character we're going to meet later on, Candido, most characters, there's no name. It's mother, it's child, it's, like, the idea. So the right. child, even this... the main character, right? It doesn't have a name until yeah. Candido names her. Right, right. Uh, so the child in this, she says, "I don't want to die because this robed figure has now taken her, and is yeah, they're in the looking at her somewhere. wounds. Yeah, yeah they, they she took her to wherever a cave or wherever the hell it is, uh, yeah. a house I think in the that they're that she, you would find out that she's living in, um, and she's looking at the wounds which are grave." Uh, if untreated, she's going to die. The, the kid is pleading, I don't want to die. Uh, and she asked, but the first thing she says is like, am I dead? Like when she, right. her eyes come up, she sees her say something and she doesn't want to die. So like, you have to consider that because what's going to about to happen is, is relevant. The robed figure says that I can heal you. I can fix you, but you need to consent and say that I want you to do this. I can't choose to just do this. Um, this is where like the vampire mythos starts to become unique in this tale. You don't know it from the onset, but you kind of get it because this is 1876. There's nothing that this woman can do that's real life going to heal this girl. So you know that there's a supernatural element and it becomes pretty quick that the idea of a vampirism is going to be what is going to save her. Right. So... You're right away, you're already coming with your preconceptions of what that means, and now it's injecting with this, and they're kind of twisting it a little bit here. But for the most part, it's boilerplate what you would expect. Right, so she drinks a bowl of, we would assume, her own her blood, the, the woman's yeah. blood. And, um, you know, she comes to, she has no wounds, her veins are, like, pumping out of her, like, they look, you know, like she's a bodybuilder. They're, like, bulgy uh, in her mm -hmm. arm. Uh, you know, she obviously feels great. She gets up, and and uh, the woman is there to you know to start a conversation about yeah. what's happening. She even says, "You can ask me anything." Yeah. Um, this is where the titular uh, wording comes out, where she says, "You will see all the moons there are." All the moons, and that was the first time I was taken out, and and maybe it's just me, but just I because they said the title. I I well, I watch a lot of MST3K, right? And, uh, <laughs> and and every time, every time they say the name of the movie in the movie, one of the robots goes, "That's the name of the movie." <laughs> So like my brain just did that, oh unconsciously, <laughs> and I was like I was like whoa I like snapped out of it I was like I was like whoa I'm I gotta pay more attention. I'm to watching get back. a movie right now. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> it like it like took me right out. <laughs> that sucks. Uh yeah it I I heard it and I acknowledged it and yes it pulled me for a second not <laughs> referencing MST 3K but that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause man, it, it that would be what a great fucking job with that that would be to have that show. Oh, oh my god! To write that... jokes, to watch old shitty movies, and just yeah. make fun of it, lampoon it the whole time. You know, I I I always thought that you know, 
if I had like a channel on on yeah. Twitch or YouTube or YouTube or something that we could recreate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think that I mean, could be could be fun to try, even if as we the just most do respectful homage. Yeah. No. No. Not yeah. Like not even. We like, are mere yeah. mortals to no, God's ex exactly. Yeah. And and like genius. We would just do horror movies too, just to just to not like step right. on their toes. You know what I mean? Right. But I think it would be cool, even if we did like once a year. It's like a special. That would be All sweet. Right. We'll have to earmark that because that yeah. that is a wonderful idea. Even just like just get drunk and have fun. Like, have yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. I mean, and do and do like a um a, one of the shared viewings so like uh, people can join right. us and 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 just keep be active in the chat that kind of thing. That would be fun. All right. All right. So here for me, this this starts to speed up because um, back to it. So yeah, excuse me. The woman's explaining some things and what is spoken here like you know they're just kind of talking and this is where it like kind of slogs on a little bit uh you find there's other people in this hovel that they're living and this is sort of what you go to understand as the coven right and also this is another cool twist on vampirism that i really liked um they they all go out and she and they kind of make her stay home but she like covers her face in dirt and goes and follows them to see what they're up to and this is war times, right? So they find this scene of fire and an overturned cart and bodies strewn about, a couple of mm -hmm. them. And and you see a couple of the other vampires, um, like, feeding off of, like, arms and stuff, just, like, sucking whatever blood is left. Mm -hmm. And I, re I just really liked the concept of, of vampires as scavengers. Um, yeah. And... and in the next scene it gets it's even more like oh my god like what a cool uh twist on vampires um you know they go back to the hovel you know the one of the other vampires is like you know shouldn't have turned her blah 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 yeah he's uh, like sort of like the the patriarchal yeah. figure of the coven whatever he seems yeah. to be like you shouldn't have the... children are yeah. children are a hassle women are women are hard to control or whatever um and like just as soon as this conversation's over their little coven building gets attacked and right. uh this scene was super <clears throat> super cool like they start to burn the place out so they've got to run out so she's got to give the you know the mother figure's got to give the child quick instructions keep the blanket around you don't let them take the blanket stay with yeah. me and just run yeah. and and uh you know they go and there's like a guy there he takes a shot um drops one of the vamps the they're like taking the torches to their blankets you hear him yelling grab the blankets pull the blankets because yeah. because now like it's a, morning right like a frankenstein type situation where the villagers are really, yeah uh, yeah at it, the gates yeah, yeah and, the, and they come down with torches and it, it was su such a great scene um mm -hmm. be beautifully shot um, they run, they run, they run, they run to this ledge. Um, the girl like kind of fall, just falls off the ledge. Um, her blanket gets caught on a branch, and then the the mother gets shot, and then it kind yeah. of then it kind of cuts away. Um, yeah. So so this uh... this was another really cool um, twist on vampires, right? Vampires are super strong and super fast, right. and they got these gnarly teeth, and they're gonna, you know, they've got claws sometimes too. So they're they're just mm -hmm. gonna kill all these villagers. What are they running for? Well, no, these are just people that have to drink blood and can't go out in the daylight. Right. As you know, as far as we know, 
Um, right, yeah, you're not seeing them be, like, superhuman strength where they can right. terrorize and, and hunt and, and tear apart. Uh, the sunlight is obviously the issue. The need for blood is the issue. But any of the other things are not really a part of what they're doing yet that right. we see. Uh, it's funny that we talk about this um, conflict scene as being really well done and, like, uh, draws you in. Uh, another parallel to the cursed. Yes. We'll get to that. And we'll get to that. A little, little, little bury that lead. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so here comes the first of two time jumps. Right. Okay. Well, she soon. Soon. She, soon. She, uh, she. So so the the mother character definitely thinks the child's dead because of the blanket. Right. You can see it in her face before she gets shot. So so we're gonna. Right. So as the viewer, we're going to be like, oh, okay, well, she's not going to go looking for her. And, yeah, and she, we, yeah, and we find out very soon. Cliff, yeah. yeah, we find out very soon that she doesn't. Um, right. So, she, so yeah, the girl wakes up. She was buried under the snow that she fell into. Right. So which, yes. kept her, which kept her safe from the sun. And mm-hmm. it's nighttime now, and she kind of just pushes herself out of this, this snow whatever embankment that she fell into. And uh, that's where she finds the cave, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think we jumped to ten years later. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing: where I'm trying to remember now, because I was like, "Well, wait a second. <sighs> I think that we spent some time with her in the cave before it jumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it jumps, because what she's and this is important and it's it's significant because you can see her. It's just I didn't take a lot of notes because not a lot is happening here. But she, what's important, the only thing to take away here is like she's taking time to to catalog her time there by drawing the moons. The all the moons you're gonna see all the moons. So she's like remembering the mother figure, drawing moons, drawing moons, drawing moons. The different phases of the moon, the placement of the moon. She's you know she's in this cave, Wilsoning all of these uh, cave paintings of a moon oh, on yeah. the walls. And so then yes it. At some point here, and she's she's upset. She's inconsolable. She's just like she's just like l- wasting away. It doesn't feel like anything's happening, but she doesn't know what to do. She can't go outside, you know. And so yeah, there were some good ten. yeah. There's there was a couple good lines before they got separated where, um, you know the the mother promised she'd be with her forever. Yeah, she's, she yeah. said she said I've never had a mother before. They kind of. Hug, huddled, fell asleep together, kind of mother daughter bonding. So they had, yeah. you know, they might have only had a day or two together, but you know. And she... I think that do they say right then that this you can only do this to one other person? To to one person, yeah. You yes, get, and yeah. so she has imprinted and caused is willing to. She wants to do this to this girl. Yeah. So, it's so for the mother to have done it. It's very very important. This is this is a, the who she chose to impart this gift of immortality to. Right. So, yeah, so it jumps 10 years now. So uh, now, so now the cave is covered in moons. <laughs> yes. It, it all over. And it takes a little bit of time, but this is where they start to, uh, she starts to become, if she's just playing with the sun or, uh, angry and wanting to inflict pain on her to herself but she starts to leave her hand longer and longer in the sunlight and lets it burn yeah um 
to scar over and she starts to begin not painting moons but painting suns yeah she and changed, she's she... using the blood from her skin and like more time is passing and she's now painting over all those moons with red suns, suns and yeah all from doing this scarification with the hands and getting more blood to paint more red because that's her red paint yeah and every time she peels the the scars off she's got like this like really fresh soft skin under it like yeah. really you're like really pale too like really like mm-hmm. f- i think fresh is is the best word um yeah. till eventually yeah uh, she just she... built up an immunity to the sun over time yeah it has caused her to adjust in such a way that yes, she's not. She is a daywalker now. <laughs> yeah, which another great twist. Like, like you would build up an immunity to Io cane powder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I uh, I just watched Princess Bride a couple nights ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, she you know, yeah she... And, uh, and it's unique. Like I mean, the sun always being an issue has always been there, but that it could be. Uh, you're, you could trick your body into accepting what it's doing. Right. As a, I, I don't know why. I've never even fucking thought of that. Yeah. When it happened, I was like, oh my God, that's... At first, I was upset. Like, you can't do that. And then I was like, well, why the fuck not? It makes sense. Yeah, And I know yeah. you shouldn't say it makes sense when you're talking about vampires, but it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. <laughs> also, there is... Um... Uh, you know, I've seen vampire myth where uh, where they're actually not damaged by the sun, but because the legend uh, of vampires is that they are, that they believe it, and because they believe it, they don't mm. go out in the sun and like they'll even feel pain even though it's not really there and run away, and so they won't stay out in the sun long enough to find out that they yeah. actually aren't being destroyed by it. That kind of gotcha. stuff. Yeah. Um, that was a really interesting take. Um, so I was I was right on board for uh, for this uh, immunity to to be built up. Yeah, and so the other thing with it is like you know you can now see strength. Uh, you can now see the the virgining of like a new kind of life where she was stuck in the cave, could not come out at sun, had to go hunt at night to kill animals. That's what she would do. She'd get animal blood to satiate her need. Uh, knew she couldn't eat regular food. And it's like there's growth in the character. You can start to see that she's like evolving and learning some things. And now she's got this new sense of life. So it's almost like a a sort of a rebirth now where she can experience life in a new way. And she's pumped and she's going to go start exploring the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she does. Um, She uh, it's raining and she's. Uh, I guess she's a little you know, farmstead. She's hungry, and she sees you know, maybe there's some goats in that in that barn up ahead, mm-hmm. and uh, she gets her foot cr- uh, cr- in a wolf trap, just yeah. crunched in a wolf trap, and uh, she starts ringing the the bells that are attached to it, and the farmer comes out, and he can't believe that he's caught a person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So uh, he helps her out of it and brings her inside, and it's a ch- obviously a child too, right? Yeah. Um, I'd give her like twelve years old, right? I think twelve, thirteen. This girl's probably supposed to be the body of one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, because because technically now she would be seemingly twenty-two. Yeah. Right. Correct. So. Yeah. Uh, so she's an adult now, 
which again, that's the other thing with anytime that they do vampires and there's these time jumps, you have to think about the time that they've been alive on the earth and how that must change and impact you. Right. That psychological drama that's going on, that's unfolding, that you don't, it's never discussed. You just know it and you have to use that when you're dissecting the interactions with all these characters. Right. So, yeah, he brings her in and he takes a look at the leg and there's just like these vacant open gashes that look pretty gnarly, right. but there's no blood and no blood. she's already starting to heal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh he just like makes a bed up for her and <clears throat> runs her up there. Um I think that was the first night, right? He doesn't try to give her food until Yeah, I don't think really much of anything happens there. Um And yeah, it's like more or less the next day and she's just sort of uh, mute and keeping to herself up in this little uh, nook that he made for her. Right. And um, uh, so so then he goes out, right? And we, Yeah, he we, goes out and he's interacting. We don't know anything about him at this point, but he goes out and he's trading cheese for things. He trades cheese yeah. for a, a chicken, honey, presumably some other things. And each person is saying how much they've missed him and how long it's been since he's come out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got the girl with him, right. In the cart. Uh, I can't remember. All that I remember is on the next beat that, uh, you know, the, the priest. the priest, yeah. So yeah, she's in the ca- she's in the car. This is how word travels through town that Candido, uh, f- you know, found a found a girl, and they all think it's a miracle blessing because of this event that we don't know about yet, and that he also hasn't left the house since mm-hmm. this event, and now that he has her uh, with him, he says okay well let me, I'm, let's go out and let's go back on my route and let's get some stuff right um, and the priest just now like uh the idea of is this an angel it seems like this is an angel that's come to right. us and then he's like super pedophile creepy about it and i think candido even the priest yeah yeah and i think candido totally reads it right <laughs> he's like he's like he's like let me see this girl's teeth <laughs> and then he's he like looks at her teeth and he's like gosh oh, she's got strong arms too it's like she needs to come back to the rectory with me and we'll get her <laughs> we'll get her we'll get her dressed nice and and in a house as a servant somewhere and candido's like i don't fucking think so <laughs> it's like, yeah he's like i'm gonna take care of this girl you need to get out of my house uh, right. <laughs> but he doesn't say it that like he's not that confident he's definitely a beaten man and also this mm-hmm. is a priest in a in a super god-fearing time so mm-hmm. so he just kind of makes up a quick excuse to why he should take care of her oh to, to nurse her back to health um right. is the excuse he uses to keep her yeah. um and then the priest you know begrudgingly leaves and and right i, I was totally uh, skeeved out by this guy <laughs> yeah there's definitely a vibe that he kind of gives off and in general if you have any you know uh distrust with the church it's like you just you feel like it's not that wouldn't be good for her to be a part of them 
uh, and that he would use it just to help heighten the propaganda of uh, this this girl coming from nowhere. Because again, remember this is <laughs> uh, at this point what eighteen eighty six, and uh, these small towns you don't a random girl just doesn't show up from nowhere. It's got to right. be a person's daughter from where uh, you know where's the parents or where the next village. It just doesn't make sense that this girl just appears. So that's why they see it so miraculously. Um, this is where Candido has decided, well, I'm now going to, uh, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be mine uh, to watch over. And I want you to live here. And you need a name. And he names her Amaya. 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 <laughs> Amaya. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, what, what language are they speaking? Do you remember? Uh, uh, it says, I think it says broke, b r o q u e, even though it's it's Spain, but also France is what the countries of origin say on IMDb. Um, I am saying she uh, baroque vampire. So, All right. <laughs> now more things are happening. The next thing that I kept note of is like, so Amaya, Amaya, uh, and are we saying Amaya, Amia, Amaya, 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 okay. So the child uh, is now inspecting <laughs> the house. And uh, this is for me where I started to connect more. It, it takes a little bit of time, but like uh, having children for me, clued me into it didn't clue me in it's just that it opened up a part of my heart when watching this where i started to really fall in love with the relationship between the father and uh the child and so she's like the thing for me that really started to trigger it is she's walking through the house and she's seeing hash marks on the door jam that show growth of a child right and this child's not around and so you're left to understand that this is uh, a child that he had that he no longer has because right. it's not around. And so I'm already like, now I'm like connected and I'm interested in this relationship, but I'm also have such anxiety pangs about it because it, it, this is a vampire. This, it, this girl is never going to age. And at some point that love that might be uh, blooming or budding uh, is something bad and worse could be happening because of that. Right. Or, it could just be that much more heightened and upsetting when things come to pass that this is not the life that we thought it was going to be. Sure. Uh, we also have her um, going out at night and eating the chickens or draining the blood from the neighbor's chickens uh, in a in a scene they, they're in church and somebody mentions it to Candido and says, you should set up those wolf traps again. Yes. Um, also, this is where um, this first church scene is where we are introduced to our next character. Um, she takes Holy Communion, the body of Christ, and uh, holds it in her mouth for the rest of the of the uh, service. And which I don't know about you, but I did that too. <laughs> I didn't like chewing it; I just let it uh, sit there. So I was like, yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna, I, I don't, I want to eat something, and this is the only food I'm getting, so I might as well like savor it. It felt like it always felt like styrofoam to me. Like oh styrofoam. yeah, it definitely felt. Yeah, it like, felt like the top one of those little UFO saucer things that have the nonpareils inside them. Felt yeah, like just or, a little piece of that. You know those the packing peanuts that are actually edible because they're made of like 
baking soda and puffed up. That's that's exactly yeah. what those are. Uh, <laughs> so she runs down a, um, a hallway, uh, assuming I guess she's that she's alone. Spits it out and um, is seen by one of the local boys. Yeah, um, M- Miguel. And they will talk about it later because he just, yeah he just caught her. Yeah, she's like, eh, I don't fucking care. Whatever. Yeah, she's I like, yeah. what, I don't know what you saw, but I don't really like, give a shit. I'm a vampire, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> keep keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, but he's bringing her to the church. It's like his new surrogate daughter. It's his right. foster daughter, and it's like, for all intents and purposes, it's like, okay, he's got his life back, and now they're going to be interacting with the townsfolk, and this miracle is is awesome he's back and she's here and god is good yeah uh so i guess they Ooh, she, yeah she, does she runs away right or she doesn't run away from him from candida she runs away from miguel and climbs a tree yes the tree uh, scene yeah. happens and then he climbs and it to my girl all over again oh yeah that's for a definitely second. what it felt like <laughs> yeah for a second uh so, yeah he falls she, she keeps climbing probably because she's a little bit more cat-like ambidextrous abilities to to navigate <laughs> high spaces yeah you know they're not saying that she can fly but she obviously has comfort in being able to do that maybe that's part of the the vampire uh mythology maybe not Maybe she just likes climbing trees. It definitely, good. it definitely is because of how, how she escapes her room that one time. But we'll we'll get to that later. Oh well, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. forgot so, about that scene. They, which was a great little thing, just a little touch. Yeah, yeah, like she's like M- Miguel she, falls, correct? Miguel, Miguel falls, and he he falls into a um, into a beehive, which falls yeah. and lands next to him, and he starts to get stung, and he's yelling, and she jumps down. And just like walks through the bees mm-hmm. to, to to get to him, and the bees kind of just disperse. Like as yeah. she walks through them, like they're just like, oh, okay, I guess we're not really interested anymore. Right. And he's yeah, like, and they go yeah. away, and he's like, oh my, what the? He's <laughs> like, why did why didn't they sting you? And he's like, yeah, he's she, like, she they, goes, they, they were stinging the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so she, and she's did like, get you? She's like, they're afraid of me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was was pretty good. Um, yeah, sort of something that's undone. That's a unique thing. You don't see that kind of uh, interaction with creatures. You see uh, most creatures avoid, but a bee is sort of an insect, not an animal in the same kind of way. So it's not something that's been uh, portrayed, I don't believe, in cinema. So yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah definitely like new ground as far as vampires are concerned this movie. Well, in a very naturalistic way to explain that part of the mythology, too. Like, it's a, a common event that would have occurred. This kid would have fallen. This could have been the kid's death because he would have just inadvertently been swarmed by bees and just stung to death. Uh, but now her, she saved him. And it's 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 a cool way to, it's, it's not a cheap uh, plot device, necessarily. It's kind of a cool way to develop the relationship, to progress the plot, to explain more of the vampire um, ethos. And so I thought it was really kind of uh, craftily done. So these two were going to start hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, he plays the flute 
And it's almost montage-y, right? Where there's we got a bunch yeah. of scenes with some good some some good flute music over um, over top, and every once in a while she's like outside his uh, his little farm and like looking in, and he's yeah. in the window playing his flute, looking at her. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's sort of like there's a courtship going on, and again, yeah. this is a 22 year old woman. In the body, in the body of a twelve-year-old, <laughs> yeah. And again, the the this these themes were much more prevalent in uh, "Let the Right One In," but the idea of pedophilia and this attraction or this love and what it means to have emotional love versus physical love. There's all these weighty, touchy subjects that you're always rolling around in your head because you like this uh, happening, but you know. Yeah, yeah. This guy's it's a a fine character to be a friend even to be a love interest uh for kids you know he's not he's he's not a teen even he's maybe a year or two older than her maybe four i would give him 14 tops right um right so so we're totally fine with this romance (laughs) um um yeah so uh yeah he continues Oof. um Hey, I am going to need to uh, maybe stop for a minute. Uh, Sarah gave me a text. There's a emergency I have to take care of. Okay. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, I apologize. No, so, sorry, folks. Totally I fine. I got to run. All right. Well, we'll either continue tonight or some other time. Uh, all right. Okay. See you, dude. Later. Hey, welcome back to the podcast for the recently deceased. Episode 11, part two. Part deux. Part, part shots. Part, part deux. Is that deux. the only movie to include things as car- part deux? Part deux? I think it was. Remember right? Hot Shots? Hot part Shots? Deux? Hot Shots yeah. Part deux? Yeah. yeah it was great. Did game. you did you hear that they're remaking Hot Shots? Or not Hot Shots. Uh, uh, what are they remaking? Top Gun? Naked Gun? <laughs> Naked Gun. No. Oh, yeah. With uh, with um, Liam, Liam Neeson as Leslie Nielsen. Yeah? As, and Leslie Nielsen's character. I, and I feel bad. I kind of thought he might have died already. Playing, <laughs> playing Detective Frank Drebin. And yeah. uh, the the OJ right OJ OJ <laughs> the uh, the critics are already call, <laughs> calling at the end of Liam Neeson's career and they I don't even yeah. think they've started shooting it yet they just like announced I'm it. sure OJ is available <laughs> yeah if they yeah. want to bring Nordberg Nord- right? Nordberg. <laughs> Nordberg I don't know if uh, yeah, he's uh... Fred Fred Griffin or Frank Griffin what's the other guy I can't remember his name yeah I can't remember um, yeah he's got to be dead he was uh-huh. older than Leslie Nielsen back when. Well, maybe he wasn't. They both seemed old. But Leslie Nielsen movies, like, um, the spoofs that he did on all of the uh, mystery thriller things that were going on, like the Fugitive um, spoofs. Spy Hard? Was that Spy one? Hard he did, and um, Wrongfully Accused is oh, my favorite. I don't think I've seen because Wrongfully the, Accused. The, my favorite part about it is uh, the train scene when Harrison Ford's jumping out of the train to escape the bus accident. Uh they spoof that where he's like got the shackles and he's running through the woods. Lizzie Nelson is, and the train jumps the tracks to track him down and follow him. <laughs> so he's running through the woods looking back, and there's a freight train with the headlights just always on him. And there's this great beat where he's he thinks he's he's evaded him, and he's just behind the tree, and he looks behind the tree, and then you just see a tree, and then you see a. It's a freight train that leans next to the tree and looks at. It's oh, so stupid. It's great. Oh, that sounds good. It's that really sounds... good. It's I, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that style. The Zucker Brothers style. Or uh, um, Keenan Ivory Wayans. Uh, yeah. Those two, those two were the best at it. Anybody else, uh, you know, the, those were those weren't the good ones. The good ones were the Zucker Brothers and the Keenan Ivory Wayans ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Let's the get moons. Into it. All the moons. Uh, we were we were not wrapping up, but we were getting close to the climax there. So uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna start off with uh, another church sequence. Um, originally. We uh, the first time she went to church, she took the communion. She like held it in her mouth, spit it in the hallway. Was yeah, caught. That's was what caught, begins the relationship uh, with Miguel. With Miguel. Yeah. So so now we're back here, and and she you know she she's overcome the sunlight thing, um, and she's really integrated in society, and she's very happy and feeling great about yeah. everything. So so she tries to actually take communion. She swallows the uh, the wafer, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Things go good for a few seconds, but then she immediately starts to freak out. She's she's obviously in pain. She's screaming. The Candido grabs her. Uh, she kind of hocks up a little um, blood loogie, and she's mm-hmm. screaming that she needs blood. And like, and yeah. So the villagers look a little scared, and he doesn't really know what to do. He just like pulls her out of there, and um, then she's home and he goes into the farmhouse and picks himself out a goat comes back with a bowl and feeds her blood for the first time yeah he doesn't know any like because she's hidden this part of her life uh with him and so he's now seeing like that something like that she's not what she seems but he's already um bonded with her uh she is his surrogate daughter um And that's how he sees her. He loves her. He cares about her very much. Uh, he, uh, she is her, his world, and so he'll do anything at this point. Yeah, and, but he's, but you can see he's very, he's very, he's struggling with it, but he does right. it. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely might have weirded him out a little bit, but he's like, he's like, well, if this is what I have to do. This is what I have to mm-hmm. do. I don't know um, why I can't understand it, but this is what I would do for her. Right. Um. <clears throat> yeah, he loves her. He has to help her. Um. And the whole idea of a. Uh, a demon or not like now the church is going to perceive this uh miracle that they called before not in a in the same kind of way because of that the way that that occurred right they definitely refer to her as an questioning angel. it now right right they definitely refer to her as an angel at one point but now after this experience plus you know we don't know what miguel might may or may not say um in you know behind the scenes right um, as far as what she had done Yep. So now we get another um, little montage, um, like he did before. He went door to door trading his cheese for all sorts mm-hmm. of things. No one's opening the door for him now. Um, yeah, all the doors are shut. We get a replay of the scene where, um, uh, where she was across the river, and looked in on Miguel playing the flute, and he look, he kind of like looks at her like sadly and closes the window. Yeah. Um, to which she jumps into the lake, and and is sinking to the bottom, and presumably trying to end it all. Um, mm-hmm. And she's adjusted to the sun now, so she can't do it that way. Um, right. But she can't breathe. She doesn't breathe, so she can't die under the water. So she goes back to the church and asks the priest for help. Um, claiming to be a demon. 
Yeah. Uh, and that she wants the demon taken out of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they set up this ritual. Um, Candido comes home, finds she's not there. Uh, you know, his first the first place he decides to look is the church because we had that creepy scene in the very beginning with the priest saying, you know, he should take right, her. He's kinda, he has, she should live in the, yeah, she should kind of live in the rectory. So it made sense. Yeah. Also with the, that most recent incident at the church, it kind of made sense yeah. to, to, to go there first. Um, to which he grabs her and yells at everyone. And you know, she's, she's, un, she's mine. She's under my protection. Um, yeah, she doesn't need this. She needs, I think he might even say she needs blood or whatever. I'm not sure, but I don't know how much he outs that whole idea. Um, but he just, yeah, it's very clear. He just did, takes her out of it. This isn't what she needs. Right. This he, won't help her. Yeah, they get back to the farmhouse. He starts packing them up to, to go, like, really quickly. Um, he might have even not packed enough or wanted to pack more, but he mm-hmm. sees in the distance. Uh, oh, yeah, the, before they leave, or as soon as they leave, the you know the priest looks at one of the nuns and is like, get the men. Uh, so he looks up and he sees a, a group of the townsfolk, uh, come over the hill with pitch, uh, with torches. Um, another very... Presumably pitchforks. Yeah, pres- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very, another very Frankenstein moment, which we had, we had er- earlier in the film. Yeah. Um, and so he just, he just, uh, throws a, I think he throws a torch into his barn and, uh, they mm-hmm. take off and they take off. Uh, to which it just like fades right to yeah fade to black and to 1936 the dawning of the spanish civil war right um he, candido's very old uh amaya looks exactly the same yeah um they're just having a conversation at the dinner table <laughs> yeah uh, just talking is just normal life uh obviously they found some refuge and began a new life and this is where like obviously with the way that the movie does this time jump you kind of are led to believe that okay obviously his life is nearing its end and that's how they kind of present it too and it happens pretty quick they're doing normal day-to-day stuff but he's on his deathbed more or less in in another moment and they're just you know uh looking into each other's eyes and enjoying the time that they had and uh and how grateful he is to have had her as part of uh of his life and she's just so crestfallen is an understatement she's so emotionally broken by the fact that she couldn't grow and have this importance to life this meaning where things have a beginning a middle and an end uh she got to see other people have it, but she doesn't have it she's just destined to never get to experience a finality or a conclusion to things and it's just open-ended and it's miserable to her she's very very sad um and i don't remember how uh, she that happens and she has to sort of like just start venturing on or uh, yeah, I think she just kind of chooses to 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 go back, or uh, maybe there's like a the the planes overhead, planes flying overhead. So mm-hmm. one way or another, she definitely gets driven from that that little home in the in the woods there. 
Uh, right. And... Yes. There, there is the planes overhead because she, uh, she needs. She starts to go into the town to interact with uh, the village after the bombardments have occurred. Right. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it feels a lot like the beginning of the movie when her town mm-hmm. was first destroyed um, from the Carlist War. Um, yeah. So she, you know, she's it's dead bodies everywhere. She doesn't see any. There's no real mo- movement. Um, she finds a like a transport vehicle and yeah. hops hops inside and there's a wounded soldier <clears throat> and uh he recognizes Amaia as she hasn't yeah. you know, ch- changed a day and it's Miguel with a stomach wound um so mm-hmm. you know arguably... similar to her whenever she was turned yep. by her surrogate mother yeah uh they have a short conversation where uh she offers to uh to give him the the gift that well hold on she also he... offered go ahead he, he she also offered it to Candido when while he was dying and Candido said he didn't want it mm-hmm. um which which I thought I, was but I f- yeah we kind of glazed I over think it. that yeah that's unfortunate because uh, yes he she doesn't want to part with him and he is the one to to say yeah. no uh. In here, I'm pretty sure that Miguel, he's dying, and he asks for the help. Oh, he asks for the for the help. He asks for help. He asks right. to be saved. Right, because she, she asked originally. Right, right. right. So, she, so she says she'll do it. Um, but then she hears, like, a noise, and she goes outside, and it's, and it's the mother. The mother that made her a vampire originally. And so mm-hmm. she actually never makes it back to Miguel. Um, yeah. she She goes off with... Um, with the mother character um who do they they don't really talk right away do they 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 get to her her little cave uh well hold on a second so uh there's a conflict they have an argument or something they definitely uh and the mother leaves because uh oh well because dawn is going to be coming and the mother has to peace out right and so she's doesn't have to and so she doesn't do that and so because she has to find where she goes she right. finds the cave above the water right right and all uh, yeah and expects also that they, that's where she must be yeah also they um right right i i, I lost track. and the, okay. and no you're fine and the mother doesn't know that she has the ability to avoid the right. son they right during it's the conversation yeah during the conversation the mother's like how did you survive you couldn't have survived Right. right. I, I, yeah, that was all I wanted to mention. Yeah. Uh, and so I can't remember how... Yeah, it's frustrating. It, it has been a little bit of time, but the mother does depart. It, it's not crucial, but the it's nighttime, obviously, when she comes yeah. to Miguel, and the mother is scavenging as well because it, they do the same thing, and this is what she had done, but it's just her. Uh, and so she leaves, and so seek refuge before the dawn. And the child is obviously not impacted or hindered by the fact that the sun is coming up. And right. so she searches out the mother because she has been, she's now had this, she's lived a life with this father figure without her. And she regrets her choice. So she's going to go talk to her and this is the the conclusion the conversation that they have and that's more or less what she's presenting to her that she regrets that she said that and she implores her to take back 
the wish, and she mentions how it was offered with a kiss, that a kiss could set her free from this uh, sickness or this right. whatever this vampirism that they, they have. Right, and this is also another interesting um, choice for the vampire mythology they chose to incorporate. Um, how... Okay, so are we? We're at the cave. We're talking about the conversation, right? Yes. And, um, you know, she's basically begging to be released, and they kind of walk together out onto this ledge, where there's obviously sunlight, and the skin starts to burn on the mo- the mother character. And she gets fully out in there, and it just fully erupts, and 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 that's what we expected, right? Um, yeah, but the, like, the, so there was a cognizant decision, like where she does do, oh, she does. The mother knows that she can't, but she's willing to follow her. Right. She she definitely there. chooses to do this, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. she's not being pulled out, yeah. forced out. No. Yeah. So it is a very like beautiful moment cinematically too. Like this uh, mm-hmm. scene, they they took their time um, with the with the burning. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, obviously, also a very emotional moment for Amaya. Now she, um, you know, jumps or falls off the. Yeah, she falls backwards. I off, think off the ledge. And, yeah. you know, maybe not expecting uh, to survive it or maybe also because she knew that she, she wouldn't that, that she wouldn't die. Um, mm-hmm. She falls into the water and now she has the shock of not being able to breathe for the first time. So the the vampire mythology part of this is that if you kill the creating vampire the curse is broken on the the childer right mm-hmm. um so that so that i thought was really neat um that they did give her her mortality back yeah and also and, go ahead yeah go ahead no 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 go ahead uh, there's this uh, great scene uh, when she falls into the water um do you did you remember the blood splurt like when she's twisting in like a no um, almost a fetal position when she lands into the water and she kind of it no it was um so she's like 12 years old right um yeah for for me and if you go back and watch it again yeah it's it's almost as if she has her first period yeah her first menstruation yeah in this water sequence really yeah and and i think you'll agree with me if you watch it that that's what that that is what happens that's what they're trying to convey so 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 that happened i didn't catch that oh oh, it it was the positioning of it and the way that it like the way that it happens um you know it I'm trying to not be gross here because I don't. I don't think it was gross. I think it was like it was. You know, it was right, one of, it was just, one of those like things a, where you're like, like a blunt thing to say. And you're talking. Yeah, about, like, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's I, very. I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, and she's she's a child actor, so it just feels weird. Yes. No. Exactly. Exactly. But if you, when you see it, you're you're like, oh, okay. And then she, you know, so she crawls onto the onto the shore, coughing and catching her breath. 
And um, is she's, that it? She's she's, she's alive again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she's she's again. on the she's on the shore and she's just staring at the sunrise and this beautiful lake pond, whatever the, you want to call it. And she knows that she has mortality. And the parallel for me that was the most impactful at this moment is that the symbolism of her falling. Uh, I didn't pay attention, but a lot of times in films, uh, the character will fall in such a way. It's natural, but the the shot of them with arms back, uh, arms out and legs out, like uh, together, it's a it creates a cruciform, and so it references uh, Catholic or uh, Christian mythology. And so, I don't know if she did that, or if they shot that. I'm, I wish I would have remembered that part. But the idea of her falling now into the water. The idea of baptism right. and what that means, the significance of it, the rebirth or the the cleansing of the original sin. Like I loved just the. It's not heavy handed. Uh, it's just there. It serves the purpose, like the fact that the clip was up there. It's all narratively written in such a way that it's natural, but you can read the purpose of why it's there, and the symbolism that's in, involved in it. And for me, it was just, it was beautiful in that yeah. moment. Uh, and I love the idea of having this positive, uplifting, spiritual t uh, type ending of her going on and living uh, a life with more meaning and purpose. Uh, it was a perfect way to end the movie to, for me. Uh, I totally agree with you. Um, I think, I think this movie was, uh, was excellent. Um, I, you know, obviously not too heavy on the horror, um, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, give me a nice drama with, uh, you know, some vampires in it. Sure. It was, uh, it was great. I, I give it a solid seven and I will a absolutely be watching this movie again, uh, very soon actually, um, to show it to some people. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, seven's accurate. Uh, it's not something that I'll, I'll watch rewatch a ton i will want to probably show some people it uh or if it is on and the moment is right i'm like yeah we should definitely see this uh it was really cool to see the new notes that they included in the vampire mythology the things that they honored the things that they did a little bit different and it's these kinds of vampire stories are they're necessary because you can do over-the-top ridiculousness that um, is fun to watch. You know, like things that we grew up with, like whether it's Lost Boys uh, and things similar to that. Um, I just watched Near Dark recently. Have you ever seen that one? No. It did not get a lot of uh, attention. It's sort of a cult classic now. Okay. It's odd. It's a very dark um, vampire movie. And it's more or less the cast from Aliens with... Oh. Uh, uh, the like, droid dude, uh, Lars, uh, Lance, Lance, uh, so Lance Henriksen, Lance, yeah, he's <laughs> he's the leader of the coven, Bill oh, Paxton, Bill Paxton, and and the uh, the mean chick, uh, from Aliens. What's her goddamn name in the movie Aliens? Vasquez, uh, yeah, Vasquez. <laughs> the three of them are the are it's like funny because it's them. Oh, that's they're the awesome. leads of the of the vampires in this movie. Oh, it's that's just fantastic. Dark, that sounds but great. It is cool. Lance yeah. Henriksen, so. I almost watched uh, Pumpkinhead last night. 
I fucking oh. love the first Pumpkinhead. Dude, that movie's yeah. so good. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's such a tragic story of the dirt bike racing and the kid. It's, yeah, it's yeah. too bad. Uh, so anyways, you know, there's over-the-top in-your-face vampire stuff, and then there's, like, the newer takes people take on vampire uh, storylines, and this is, like, one of them. And it just really reminds me a lot of uh, Let the Right One In, which I think is top tier. That's, like, eight or nine yeah. for me as far as... Uh, that movie goes so yeah yeah i mean uh and well, i guess one little uh scene we we didn't really mention but it, it wasn't that big of a deal but since we're talking about the vampire mythos um he makes her garlic soup and uh oh is that what he did i wasn't <laughs> yeah. i didn't miss that yeah that was like the first thing he tried to feed her and um, <laughs> and so she's like so 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 she's not eating and we know she's not eating because she she wants blood and and that is part of some vampire mythos where they can't eat human food um, yeah. but, but you gotta wonder if she's not eating it in this moment, uh, cause you don't know, you know, they you know, they haven't revealed a lot about her yet and it's still kind of early in the movie if she's not yeah. eating it because of the garlic <laughs> or it was, a, it was a nice little subtle, that. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right. Okay. Uh, well then, so yeah, we recommend, uh, so let's Definitely. segue into our second film, The Cursed. This the is the... Cursed. Uh, touted from the way it looks, trailer and other flavors, where you think, okay, this is sort of a werewolf tale of sorts, right? And, and part of why we're doing a double feature, creature feature. Yep. Episode. Also, um, where all the moons took a lot of not liberties, but like a, re, a reinterpretation of. Yeah. Uh, va- vampirism uh, the curse artistic license artistic li- uh, the, the curse <laughs> the, the curse to the exact same thing with uh, yes. we'll, we'll call it lycanthropy as the Ooh. as a disease right or whatever um makes a werewolf um in in your um mythology yeah. so the curse has definitely its own uh version and um and it was good it was good the ch- the the changes they made the way they the way they wrote it um uh was good so here we go cool so this is a period piece and so as such this follows that same role where it's like we got to make sure we tell you when it's fucking happening uh and this one starts off in this was a weird start starts in 1917 uh during uh such and such uh war uh there's a war going on and you just they're in the trenches Right, and you see characters in the trenches, and they all the there's a captain coming through, and there's all the soldiers wearing their 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 eye goggles and their masks, and captain gets up to it. There's uh, flak bombs, smoke bomb type things going off, and there's a descending cloud of of disgustingness that's falling onto them. And the captain puts on his mask and respirator, and these are not good masks. These yeah. are these are pre-COVID times, folks. Yeah, it these is, are it, not it, gonna it, help. It is World War One for anybody who who okay. is curious. <laughs> My apologies. That's okay. uh, I couldn't tell, and I feel like I was saying that to myself, and I was like, "Is," but then I was like, "I think I got confused, and I didn't want to misspeak and say it was World War One because I was thinking about the other one, which was goddamn." Carlist War, and, Carlist, I sound too and then stupid. the then the Spanish Civil War was yeah. How it so it's ended. like yeah. what the fuck this movie? These movies are so similar, and they will you watch them together, and you're like, wait, which one was which? Yeah, it's it's very true. And That's bo- what bo- happened. Bo- both good movies, though. So here we go. Uh, the 
the poison gas, whatever it is, and I don't know what they use in World War One. I'm not a history buff. My right. apologies. Uh, <laughs> and cut to the the on field ORs that are occurring. You just see people obliterate. Oh well, they the gas comes and then the whistles blow. They come out of the trenches to go after the enemy lines to charge, and they're just getting mowed down by a machine gun, which was just there's attrition, there's just mass casualties in these conflicts, uh, world wars in in general, and specifically here. And so, cut to the OR uh, field operating rooms tent. You just see someone coming in uh, as the captain. And there's people that are on tables or stretchers, gurneys, whatever you want to call them, getting operated on. You see gruesome leg and sawn off because you got to amputate this foot. They throw it in a bucket. There's like five other feet in this bucket. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's just the brutality <laughs> of war. And so they get the captain onto the operating table. Why don't you take it from there with him? Uh, so he's on the table, and um, there's some bullet holes, and he. Mm. There's three bullet holes in his yeah. ab- in his abdomen, three. and so he's got to go in there, and uh, he gets the first one, then he gets the second one, then he gets a piece of shrapnel of the third one, then he goes mm-hmm. back in. He's like, I got to go back in. He goes right back in, and he's like, There's something in here blocking the other half of the third one, and he pulls out. He does pull it out before we go back, right? Yes. Yeah. He pulls out. Yeah, so he pulls out a giant uh, silver bullet. Uh, just it's just a huge one, and yeah. then it cuts like immediately to uh, thirty years ago. Yeah, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, okay, right." I'm like, "Yeah, we weird. all have, yeah, we all have our preconceived notions about werewolves, and so." here we are in, in this world war and they pull a silver bullet out right, right from jump. And you're like, uh, okay. Uh... So, and I did the math <laughs> from 1917, uh, minus the 35. I did it in the theater. I was like, what? Carry the, about 1882. Uh, uh, yeah. 1882. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and this is sort of like, uh, I got to double check. It's almost like a uh, fucking Downton Abbey times. Yeah, it's, it's they they call it rural France uh, in the right. in the description of the film. We come um, from France, <laughs> right? So it's it's a, it feels a lot like um, uh, the last thing Mary saw, where it's a house, yeah, in the middle of a field, and who knows how far away the next house is. I mean, we know that right. there's we know that there's a small <clears throat> village, but we don't know how far away it is. Well, and like, and we're not going to get into these details, but yes, the setting is important. Like, there's the main house and this estate that is owned by the the main character, this gentleman. I don't even remember his, his name at the moment. Seamus. He has his family. Seamus. Yes, Seamus. Right. He's got his goddamn uh, mutton chops. Yeah. He is the leader in the, and it's like, uh, it's like Downton Abbey times. He's like Lord Grantham of the fucking place where he has an estate and there's houses that are on the land that he and they own and it's taken care of by housekeepers and other people. Right. He even even says that the village works for him. Everybody. Yes. He owns it all. Right. Yeah. So it's all this fucking, you know, idea of 
class and caste and serfdom and who owes this tith to who and you know it's like you got to think of it as way back in what it would have been like uh, these guys have all the power this is his this is his shit uh, and so that idea of this patriarchal leader of this area is you know where you're at you can kind yeah. of sit yourself in this world already and it ha that happens pretty early on you get more as it goes on but that's the idea uh so the conflict at the beginning happens relatively quickly um But it jumps to uh, his estate. You know, there's children, and you see a young boy. And you don't know it, but you kind of suspect it because they show him right away after the time jump. But you suspect, okay, this is young Captain. At least right. I thought that right away. Right, right, know? definitely. Um, because I'm like, you got you got to place me into this time period as far as, okay, if I'm jumping time period, the person that I was just seeing has to have importance. And I think that they did that well enough to, for me to believe that the kid was the captain right throughout uh, the film edward yeah. yes edward Ed eduardo uh and so they jump to the uh to the gypsy thing pretty quick right they go to the gypsy camp uh oh right right um because they show yes. you gypsy life yeah 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 and, and they're doing their thing and the gypsies are talking right. about uh about the the claim what they've got to do yeah 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 so the gypsies have claimed to this land that the mm -hmm. Seamus is is the owner of uh, owner of in air quotes um the way americans owned <laughs> uh the u.s um back in the 1700s sure uh, <laughs> yeah this is their land they've been on it forever yeah and uh, and Seamus acknowledges like they're having a, con a conversation at Seamus's table about the fact that they're disputing that they won't leave the land because uh, they say it's theirs. And he's like, well, is right. that a rightful claim? And the guys are like, yeah, it is. Right. And they're like, they're like, well, whatever. Uh, let's just go take care of it. And uh, so they do. They um, the, there's a woman and a man who like are obviously in charge of this gypsy um, community. And sidebar, real quick. I mean, I'm not offended, and I think it's fine, and that's what they are. But like, it was a little bit weird. Like, and I was thinking of Stephen King's Thinner because you know gypsies roll that one off, and I was like, I don't think you're supposed to call them gypsies. I think they don't like that term. Right. I don't think I should be saying they. <laughs> so I get, I'm like I gotta set the I gotta set this fucking twenty first century bullshit aside while I watch this because I'm gonna get a little bit I I can't deal with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're gypsies. They're gypsies. This is the movie. This is what the movie said. Right. This is what I'm going with. Right. In that time so, yes, period, the, yeah, that was the majority. The right. the the gypsy leaders, <laughs> yes. so to speak, this woman and man. Okay. Yes, the woman and man who um, are peacefully resisting um, as... Well, they're talking about the fact that this is happening, right? Right, right. They, they know that... They say that a storm is coming. They know that they're about to get... Yes. She's get, the... The woman yeah. says that, yes. Yeah. So she calls on to a smith to make yes, these to make... teeth out of silver coins. 
Yes. And and they put it in a fresh or Well, they don't even say teeth. It says she just says make make this. Make, make get this, the yeah. silver. So get what the is silver. So he smelts these these coins and he makes teeth out of them and he puts them in an actual human jaw. Yeah. And he gives that back to her. Right. So like then Seamus's shit happens and now in what I will call the best part of the movie. <laughs> And I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but for me, the most amazing scene happens. Uh, the torches are coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, it's, once again, very Frankenstein. Um, yes, the Seamus' crew, they've hired mercenaries, is what they said to do, get mercenaries. Right, and he right. said he, they find that sometimes the threat of the stick is enough to get the result that you want. Right. So they go in thinking this could be you show force and they'll cower. Right, right. They, they, they don't, don't know these gypsies. They don't necessarily want to to kill all these gypsies, but right. <clears throat> well, <laughs> those mercenaries probably do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Seamus wants to think that he doesn't care, but uh, and so yeah, they they come on horseback, they crest the hill, you know, Gandalf on the dawn of the third day or whenever the fuck, and uh, <laughs> they start coming in. Is it the dawn of the third day? I feel like it is. It doesn't matter. It Helms so maybe the fifth day. Fuck. Look to the east. Yes. <laughs> God, love it. Love uh, it. They come peacefully, seemingly, but they're sur- they're on horseback, and there's a camp, and so then begins this shot, and this is the most beautiful setting and the way that this these events transpire. There's a, a still fucking shot from on top of this hill looking down into the the sort of valley on the edge of the forest that these this camp is you see the horse riders come in you see the gypsy woman and man come out and they start to have a conversation you can't hear it and we're on the shot you can't hear uh, but you hear this land you know there's a dispute about the land you can't be here this is our this is you don't have a right to be here and you see them being belligerent back this is uh, we've been here this is ours and take it from there. Um, I can only picture the burial. So if you could, is that what happens next? You asshole! You <laughs> asshole! Goddamn! Like I'm really trying to like it be there with you. The, it stays on the fucking shot the whole goddamn time. Yeah, you're all you just stay there. You see them. You see like you got to think about it from a filmmaker's perspective, but then as like a story. It's a long shot. You know all of the things that are going on, but you're you're in the movie, and they're and that the events are just happening down there. Like you're on top of the hill. You're on Seamus's perspective. You're seeing your guys go down there trying to resolve this conflict. They're bickering back and forth, and a gun is drawn. Someone's shot, and then chaos fucking erupts in the camp. And you're still on this shot. A normal action movie, a movie that was like you know didn't really care or didn't have their mind and a right kind of thing to make a piece of art would have like gone to like quick cuts of someone running and dying and you see a close-up here, a close-up there, you see a gun here, a gun there, a horse here, run, trampling right. over someone, a sword, whatever the fuck. This movie just stays back and you let all these actors do their fucking thing and it's all choreographed with people running here, there's a horse going, you can't follow the action because it's just a wide shot of everything fucking happening. And for me, when I saw this, Nate, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this to me was like, I've never seen this. I can't remember when I've seen this, and it was amazing. 
Right. I was just soaking it in, and I was just blown away that they made that decision because that is not something to take lightly. That's a very serious departure from how most films are shot. Right. And I sh- to me, that was like, yes. I was so excited. Uh, and I just couldn't, couldn't let that go. I well, loved th- it. Thank you for bringing me back. Now that now I see can see it. <laughs> yeah, and it never moved, and I was like, yeah. "They're not going to change. It's just going to be like this." In like the the starkness of it, like you feel the 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 disgustingness of it, right? That you know how icky it is, and that you know that this happened a ton. Oh sure. It's like like a scene from Dances with Wolves or Last of the Mohicans, where there's a native culture and there's fucking you know civilized European whites that come in and just this is mine right you know and it's tragic obviously i'm not trying to glamorize that event but it's like it's it's graphic and it's brutal and i think that the way that they shot that to make it so voyeuristic way i think was uh really awesome it felt dirty watching it like that right so all right i really i really liked the next scene where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they have the woman and the man uh, who were the leaders, um, yeah. and they're and they're trying to figure out what to do with them, and they're kind of talking. Uh, there, there is there is some dialogue here. It's like it doesn't really matter what's what's being said, because she's basically cursing them this whole time, right? And yeah. and you know she I mean? says, "We will poison your sleep." I remember right. that line. Right, and uh, you know, basically, like, you're not making it any better for yourself, lady. And she's just like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah. And so, to to really get at this woman, they decide to torture and kill the the man first. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put they put him up as a scarecrow, uh, yeah. which was so so cool do they i think they cut his hand off too yeah. and, and, like, and his it, feet they cut off his, oh, every they, fucking yeah. thing because they stuffed straw in it yeah yeah to make him a fucking scarecrow yeah this and it's so brutal and graphic and not cg <laughs> like yeah they like because no, the dude's not dead yeah he's yeah alive. no yeah he's alive they through tie all him of to yeah. the sticks and then they cut him off yeah and then Ugh. they and then yeah, they put it up they put it up and right at the base of it they're digging her uh, a living grave uh and she's just in there clutching the the silver toothed um the jewel I, box that she's yeah. got it in like it's a little uh you know right an old woman might have small candies hard candies in type thing yeah she's just <laughs> clutching it and getting uh getting dirt thrown on her um yeah. actually i think and the the seamus she's opens her words seamus yeah. seamus opens it right Looks I don't remember it. if he does or not. Yeah, I don't remember I, I, that. I part. think he looks at it and closes it and throws it right back at her, and is like, "That's a cursed item. That's a that's a totem that we don't want anything to do with. She can have it." Uh, and then they just start throwing dirt on her, and she just keeps repeating the that whatever that phrase is over and over and over again in in her language. Just um, keep swimming, I think. Just keep swimming. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right. So I don't, I, I wrote the word pathologist right next to us because I believe yes. this is where it cuts to our other lead for this movie, uh, played by, uh, Boyd Holbrook. What yes. do I know him from? Where do you know Boyd Holbrook from? 
I'll tell you because I looked it up. Uh, oh, I know what from. <laughs> I know what from. Go All ahead, right. say it. Oh, no, Pred- no. the Predator. Oh well, that's not where I know from. I know uh, from Logan. Logan. He was also in Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he was actually the the heroic lead in the newest Predator movie, The Predator. Yes. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing it now, and I can play some. Yes, which he was actually he was actually really funny in that movie. Like for for like you know a wannabe action horror that turned out to be a pretty shitty movie. Yeah, like him and that crew of delinquent uh, vets. There was some really good comedy there, and and it was mostly dry black comedy, and it was good. There, we're gonna get a taste of Predator fucking action this summer, dude. I don't know when it's going to come out. I think it's going to be Hulu. I can't remember if it's movie or or series, but it's going to be Predators Come to Native America, uh, where p- potential like Indian yeah, tribes I th- exist. I think I think that's and a movie. Like their first. Yeah, I think it's a, a movie? movie. Yeah, it might be That'd a show, be but I think it is coming straight to stream. I don't even know if it's firmly called. Uh, I think it's called Prey. I could be yes, wrong. It is called Prey. Okay. So, super exciting. Can't yeah. sidebar too much. But, you know, yeah. seven degrees of whatever is just fucking fun. Right. That's the one thing. When you watch shit like we watch with horror movies in general, when you see someone and you reference this and this and this, it makes the whole experience that much better. I got to yeah. say. I love yeah. that part of it. Oh, you can't mention Boyd Holbrook without sidebarring Predator. <laughs> Predator. Yeah. And yeah. come on, Logan. Such a, Logan such amazing. A, such a household name. Uh, yeah. So, uh... So I mentioned it. So the pathologist Lloyd uh, Boyd Holbrook plays the pathologist. They cut to uh, like an John inn. McBride. He comes in. John McBride. John McBride. That's, that's the character's name. Oh, the character's name. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Okay. Yes, Mr. McBride, the pathologist is how he shall be referred. Sure. Uh, he comes in because that's hard to say. John McBride uh, he comes into an inn. Like music stops. It was sort of like a a, a, a Wild West type thing where he comes into yeah. a saloon and everyone's like, ooh. What? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he comes in and like, it's like people don't like guests in their fucking places. They don't like strangers. Right. They don't like different stuff. They just they know the drunks that come in. They know the people that are whoring this way, and that's all that they want to deal with. And so, because like the innkeeper gives them a hard fucking time. State your business. State who you are. State where you're going. State where you've been. Right. Then I'll answer your questions. It's funny. And, so, and uh, also super weird. Like, <laughs> he, he starts to fill out the shit in the book, and then it cuts to him on the other side of the bar, and it immediately gets approached by another dude with a, with the yeah. same kind of beard, and it's like, it's like, what are you doing here? And they and they obviously know each other, like, right away. Yeah. And Yeah, uh, he's the now sheriff or whatever of those yeah. parts, and he's a pathologist. And they need someone like him in this area, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's there to... I don't even remember if he says why he's there to track down such and such, but he's, he's asking in this about, area. Yeah, he's asking about we, weird, unexplained diseases, and I think he's asking about animal attacks. <clears throat> I, okay. He's now, definitely, he's definitely here's, investigating. Here's one thing I wish I remembered. I could never place the word, and he said it a fucking ton. The place that he came from that had animal attacks happening was a weird word that I couldn't even place. I'm going to look it up while we're talking because (laughs) I can't remember and I could never, I, I, cause I took notes during the movie. Yeah. 
I didn't know what the fuck to write because it sounded sure. like gobbledygook as far yeah. as like, I, I, I'm concerned. I want to remember what it actually is because maybe it's a real place, maybe it's not. Right. So, oh, all right. So let's go back to the uh, the house, the main house, uh, Seamus's okay. house. Okay. And, and uh, let's briefly mention, briefly, you kind of see a couple shots. And I think it's here, but it might not be here. You see a shot of a woman bathing. It's about to happen. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Lead me into it so I can relive it. So, so it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just. I think they're just trying to set up day in the life. Yes. So you got you yes. got the kids playing, being a nuisance. They might knock something over in the house because they're running. He might yell. Charlotte and yeah, Edward. Charlotte. She he yells something at the maid and. Then he's looking for the wife, and he goes into this room, and there, and there she is, uh, kind of bent over the tub, washing herself. Yeah, she's kneeling at the tub, yeah. and she's splashing herself with water, <laughs> and there's a perfect side boob shot. And yes, there is. All they're trying to, now, con- and, and and you see Seamus, and he looks at her, and she looks back, and, boob hanging there. Yeah. Now I thought this scene was was interesting because it did convey. Um, some sort of not necessarily disinterest but i felt i felt serious uh like negative feelings for each other or, yeah, or and... may, more from him towards her than her towards him like she may be looking for any sign mm-hmm. of of affection and him just being like Ugh, why are you in my house yeah like <laughs> uh, why can't i just like i don't know what the yeah. fuck his problem is like because it was an awesome like, <laughs> keep washing yourself. I'm gonna fucking hang out here and yeah. watch you. Well, also, also, they never really go back to it. They never explore it. There's no so no, no part of the story of this film actually needs needs to know, and they never and right. they never tell you that. And the thing about it is, you can just propose, like you can just imagine that that's likely the fucking scenario that right. there's a a. a husband that says this is the goddamn rules of the fucking house and the estate i run this shit you shut your mouth and you speak when you're spoken to right type scenario like it fucking was you just you'd know that because of the time period you don't need to see a scene where they stare each other a certain way you know it's not that kind of a relationship because those relationships didn't exist as much so so you do get so you do get all of that in and that's all they're trying to convey it's the, it's gratuitous. They don't need to do side boob bathing over the thing. Like it's kind of unnecessary. I'm obviously happy about it, but I acknowledge the fact that it's unnecessary to the plot of the fucking movie. But again, right. this is a horror movie, so they're kind of saying uh, a tip of the hat. Yeah. This is what must be done. They're right. paying their coin. <laughs> yeah. Although you know that just doesn't happen anymore, man. Like it, it they, doesn't. I know. The the, 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 the the day of the '80s slasher. Um, of just gratuitous boobs and gore, died died in the '90s. Like '90s horror, yeah. they were like no, no blood, parents. no sex, the whole decade. <laughs> Very quick sidebar: yeah. Have you seen Wedding Crashers? Yeah, dude. There's a scene early on when they're going to the wedding and they're bedding all of these women, and there's a montage of them doing this, and it's just woman after woman after woman. Falling onto a bed with bra or no bra, just one after another. Like, there's a dozen of them. Non-fucking-stop, just boom, boom, boom. And people regale this movie as being, like, fucking awesome. And I'm like, 
this is the most subjective fucking like yeah it's i i actually like that that's not how do you how does everyone i hated them it's not great movie oh no i hated i hated wedding crashers well as far as um like uh, Vince but Vaughn, I saw it, and I'm like, like "How is, how, yeah? How is not everyone talking about the fact that it's so disgusting and like yeah. unnecessary to do that scene? Because you didn't have to do that. We right. get it. That's what they do. They talk about it all the time. Yeah. You don't have to show a bunch of tits on the screen to drive that point home, guys. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. So you say, yeah, the slasher unnecessary boobs is is out. But I was like, why is it in for wedding crashers, and why is no well, one talking about it? But comedies in the '90s, it was all over the place. Yeah. Do you remember American Pie? Come on. Uh, yeah. I was like, can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sidebar over. Oh, except except that Shannon Elizabeth was also in Scary Movie, which uh, was Keenan Ivory Wayans parody movie. And we have come full circle to the it's opening dialogue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're too fucking good. I'll tell you what, you, you bastards. This shit is unscripted. <laughs> yeah. We, okay? We don't even... I don't even take notes. No. Okay. <laughs> I probably I don't should. know how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, All right. we have... Day uh, the life. We get the life. We, we get the, the life. life. We get the life. And I think we go to sleep. And I believe Charlotte has the first nightmare. Um, yeah. The first nightmare of the scarecrow. And yeah. the grave with the teeth and yeah. she there's gonna be a lot scared. of nightmares in this movie yeah. she you wakes know, up people scared. approach the scarecrow and the scarecrow does weird shit where maybe it's oh head yeah turns yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if something she, happens yeah. it did mo- it did a lot of most of its stuff in charlotte's dream because charlotte wasn't con- as connected as it as the next set of uh of nightmares right so the next thing that happens is that kids are playing in the field, correct? Right, right. And they find the scarecrow. The one kid says, "Right, I'm gonna go show you something cool. Let's go fucking check oh, this no. out." Oh, that doesn't happen yet. It I doesn't mean, happen yet. Okay, okay, you go on then because. <laughs> oh, oh, well, excuse me. It, That's it, the next note that it, I took. It is the next beat, but but <laughs> the so a whole other day in the life has to happen first. Um, because uh, Edward needs to have a nightmare about the teeth, and then they go. So, so it it's not a you know it's there okay. is a there is a pretty decent amount of exposition before this movie got going. I think it was about twenty yeah. thirty minutes before they get the teeth, and that's yeah. and this and that's where we are now. Where okay, this one older kid. Um, Can't remember his name. Doesn't uh, matter. I can look it matter. up. Go on. I'm going to show Tommy, the, I'll, I'll show the show the people at home a picture of him with the teeth because it's the pause screen on the trailer. This <laughs> so poor fucking kid. This kid. His, <laughs> his real name is Tommy Roger, and in this movie he plays Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> it's like just call him fucking Tommy at just that change, point. Just like change. it's like, his goddamn name. Get the script supervisor in here and just change the name <laughs> to Tommy. Okay. It's not important that his name is Timmy. <laughs> They're like, okay. Uh, He's like, okay. Look, I Tommy, know some, you're Timmy. Yeah, I know. I know where there's some cool shit. Let's go check it out. But you cannot tell anyone. So they get, they walk out of the forest right into a field, um, where there's grass now grown over the the grave. Um, now, so it's later, but it's not that much later uh, from the from the opening scene, right? Um, 
You mean from the the murder of the, the murder the of, the, of the yeah yeah no I it's, I think yeah. it's days you know it's like it's not long after I don't right. think it's a lot of time it's like right after so then the scarecrow's there it's at the yeah, base of the they scarecrow they see the scarecrow he um, starts digging right yeah he starts digging he digs up that jewelry box mm-hmm. he opens it we see the teeth and now he's like possessed he's just by looking at the teeth uncontrollably shaking he can't. He can't handle himself. He grabs the teeth. He puts them in his mouth. Uh, he makes that cool face I just showed you. Um, Edward is the one who gets close to him. Like, Timmy, are you okay? And he just bites Timmy's neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically scatter. Everybody runs and screams. Yeah. Because he's, he's going ape shit. Yeah. So enter what I will refer to as the fucking MacGuffin. Like... I don't know what you thought, but when I saw the goddamn poster art with the teeth, I was like, weird. These werewolves have metal silver teeth or something. And so, like, I was like, I was like, so now it's in this kid's mouth? I don't get it. Like, so I was like, I was confused, you know, because I had preconceptions. Right. And so I was a little weirded out. And I feel like this is like a, a, like a misdirect. You know, yeah, I, with the traditional mythos of what you would expect with a right. story about lycanthropes. Right. So for for me, I I was misdirected too, but I didn't put so much emphasis on the teeth. I just assumed Timmy was going to be the main werewolf, and and Edward has yeah. already been, uh, had already been infected, infected or whatever. Um, yeah. It turns out I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. So that's the one thing I will say. This movie had some. Uh, some clever twisting of the mythology in right. an interesting way. And it led to some really great scenes. Yes. So, I, al- I also really enjoyed um, the look of these werewolves. And and by that, mm-hmm. when we talk about uh, werewolf mythos um, and also taking liberties, as we talked about in All the Moons, um, you know, they kind of created their own uh, creature here, which yeah. which we're gonna call werewolves because of the teeth and because of what they you know what they did, and yeah. of course of course all the references to silver, but they're really more like more like man creatures, because <laughs> they're just you know because they they didn't grow any hair right they actually yeah, kind of went just... hairless they got the feral teeth and the yeah. the, the boxed face or the, the little they're bit very of a muscular yeah, they yeah. have paws. I don't, I don't I, I don't think the back legs inverted though. I... Yeah, they might not be haunched like that, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're very animalistic humanoids yeah. that have super strength and but essentially hairless. Like the hair on the head yeah. went away went away yeah. and they they, yeah, didn't, nude. they didn't grow yeah. any hair Almost. and they are basically like nude uh, monstrous humans Really around. cool design and in this yeah. movie in general like they do a good job of kind of uh like we've said before it's what you don't see they they really bury this lead where they don't give you too much information of what this fucking thing looks like until much later in the film and also every scene with it Mm -hmm. to build the tension they never show you the the whole thing except for a couple times like the one time where she's hiding behind the cart and like You, the, oh, the yeah, camera's yeah. moving to sh- to look around the cart both yeah. times, and you don't see anything either time. 
like or, yeah. or like maybe you see a leg barely just kind of go out of frame like re- like really good stuff yeah okay so, so edward uh, is sick in yeah. bed in bed he's got a fever he's shaking all over the place um luckily they heard of a pathologist who came to town yes <laughs> So, you know, sometimes the coincidences in movies, you know, you got to, I don't know, you got to just take it as read. There are plot <laughs> devices that are meant to be that, you know, the narrative must progress. Yeah. So, you know, call... again, also, uh, Anaya did not have to find fucking Miguel as the one lone survivor of the fucking bombardment that happened at the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That could have been Let's, anybody, because she didn't save him anyway. Like, she didn't fucking, save him anyway. That literally could yeah. have been anyone. Um, it, yeah, it, did, it didn't matter that it was him yes, at all. No, that, that's very true. Okay. Whatever. So Moving the, on. the pathologist comes to Seamus' home and starts to, you know, bark orders a little bit. This is how things got to be. Um so I can, you know, try and save your kid. Um, well, okay. Now, now, very briefly, he's brought because there is an animal attack. Right. Right. The, 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 the first attack, uh, there's a conversation between Charlotte and uh, Timmy. Timmy does not remember those events in the field with the teeth. He does not remember biting Edward. Right. That conversation happens, and uh, he is in the woods, and he is—he's uh, in like a little, little hut. He's in the hut, right? Yes, right. and he's attacked. Cut to the pathologist being called because a boy's been attacked. Right. And so now the pathologist is brought to that hut where the attack takes place, and he investigates, and that's and that's what begins his interaction so he looks at the body the the first guy that the pathologist knows the sheriff or some author- law figure in that state area he can't even stomach it he goes he takes a look he comes out he's sick to his stomach so the pathologist goes in uh john mcbride goes in and he's he's got his you know his his, his cloth right. over his face and he's investigating this is and he takes girl. a quick look no this is timmy timmy's no, no, no. the first but the girl is the first werewolf well, right? How's no. this? How'd this werewolf get here? This isn't Edward. Edward doesn't attack him. This is Edward. Oh, this is Edward. Oh no! Well, then because because there's a scene. Okay, so there's a lot that happens then. So Edward is sick. Edward is sick. The doctor comes. The doctor comes. Uh, oh, Edward! Edward gets taken away. Leaves. Yes, gets, yes, and there's signs. There's signs of him being taken from the he's right. in the bed that's he's sick. and that's the and animal now he's attack. not in the bed right that's the animal attack that the pathologist gets called in for right not timmy uh no they find they find timmy oh they find timmy before as well and they know he... edward left that night they find timmy they can't find edward they because they, they go out searching for for edward right. and they must find timmy's body and when edward leaves um this we see these two little vine things Come yeah. out from behind so, him, and the, and then it cuts away, and we'll get back to that later. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. very weird. <laughs> while so, yeah, he was so while he was still Tim, in the bed, Edward is sick. 
doctor comes and says such and such, and yeah, uh, we see the vines, night. and then we I see think the... Charlotte might have a dream, and she goes in to check on him. Yeah, and he's gone. He's gone, and or maybe she or she sees the vines. She sees the vines, and then there's like a there's some like a little blood thing in the yeah. in the bed she screams where he was. Yeah. alerts Seamus and the mother right they come in and he's already gone and then he Seamus goes downstairs the door's wide open Edward's gone right and now the search begins and that's when they come across um the Timmy. little hut with Timmy in it yeah and so then the pathologist is called he comes in he investigates he takes a look and he says it looks like an animal attack looks like wolf if i were to say and he's at dinner now with uh Seamus and family and he says i think that i uh the other guy is like i'm not gonna stick around right and pathologist is like i think i'm gonna stick around right i'll stay stay to investigate this i'll i'll stay yeah because we still don't know his motivation we just know that he's obviously uh tuned in to this strange disease slash werewolf attack or slash wolf. Yeah, so okay. So let's for a moment take ourselves out. We know who the fuck he is, right? Like as Oh yeah. People that have seen this movie. He's the guy, he's the he's Van Helsing. We yeah. know he's the guy that right. knows what's up. Yeah. Like he's if, gonna I, watch it. So if like, I had to guess, his family was killed by werewolves. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, it's funny that there's movies that are still made like and it's like you try to like paint it a different way or make it not so obvious, but it's like we fucking know. Yeah, we know. Like, come on. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's get yeah. on with it. All right. Whatever whatever you got. I get it. Okay. So we're back. And, yeah, he's barking more orders, which Seamus doesn't really he's like. He's eating at the dinner table, you know. Yeah. And that's when he says he's going to stick around. He tells them, you need to board the windows. Yeah. As a precautionary measure. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where Seamus is like, you got to get out of here. I don't think I want you in my house anymore. And he's like, no. I think I'll stay. And Seamus just doesn't argue. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, I guess. Okay. <laughs> his, his, so his reaction to that is, okay, fine. I'm going to do this my way, and I'm going to go get a hunting party, and we're going to go. Right. Yeah. You're jumping way fucking down. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he boards the windows, uh, and he asks for the other people to um to come to go uh, are we talking he asks for the, the no, no, no 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 but he asks for the families to come the people that are on the estate and the property right. he says get them all here right so that we can tell them all what's going on yeah there's an animal attack here's the things that you have to do to be safe the boarding of the windows blah blah yes. blah um the next scene is uh the next beat are the the kids that are tending the the vineyards seemingly right is what it looks like yes okay so and this is the second werewolf this is where it's uh it's the two guys and the woman and the two guys uh get dispatched by the werewolf rather quickly and she's kind of running through the the garden uh doesn't really know what's going on and she gets attacked as well <coughs> but she gets away mm -hmm. and this is where we get to see the transformation or at least the stage one of the transformation which was super cool uh she like well this is later too so do we want to do we cut all away right. so, all right 
So hold on a second. All right. You keep saying second werewolf. Is this the second werewolf yet, or is it still fucking Edward? No, no, no. First, Edward attacks the girl. But the girl becomes the second werewolf because she's right. Okay, okay, okay. She's, yeah, she's in town. She's like, yeah. I need, I need yeah, water. She, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she, he gets, she gets attacked. The, yeah. the two boys are killed. She's yeah. bitten, uh, but somehow gets away. And I can't remember how that all happens. But yeah, she gets away. Yeah. Um, and she's like going through town, and people are looking at her weird. She's got, she's got blood on her, but like no one's trying to help her. Mm-hmm. Well, one, then like one person does try to help her, but she's like screaming at him, "I need water! I need water!" And she like runs down the down the lane and just jumps into the river, and the camera follows her underwater, and those vines come out that we saw before and wrap her yeah. up into a cocoon. Yeah. Yeah, which was like, oh sweet, like. Mm-hmm. This is not your your grandpa's werewolf movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they are definitely uh, taking artistic license with with like the version of lycanthropy that that we're getting to see, and it's and yeah, it's and it's almost super, like you can't even. Cool. At this point, I'm realizing like you, you can't, you kind of can't call it a werewolf movie anymore because it's it's this is so different that it's not that anymore. And yeah. like you're thinking about the gypsies and everything else related, and you're like, wait a second, doesn't matter. That's the that's the framework that you're working with, right? And you're just going with what they're showing, and that's what they're showing, and it is awesome. But it's definitely departing a lot from what you would expect traditionally with this kind of a story, right? Okay. Uh, and so things escalate pretty quickly. Yep. After that attack. Um, Right, because right, because the two dead boys left in the in the vineyard um, alerts everyone. Right. Um, uh, once it canceled, it's like they start to Boyd Holbrook's character starts to like he knows what happened before. Right, which he alludes to. And he's not and he keeps, telling anybody. <laughs> and he keeps well, and he keeps asking, like, is there anything that's happened? Like, what else has occurred? He needs to know the impetus because he knows there's a fucking impetus. Right. And he keeps asking about it, but he doesn't know what it is yet. Right. And I think this is where he interrogates uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. She tells the story. She of tells the story of Timmy. The teeth, the grabbing, the biting. And now right. things going, and so where are the teeth, Charlotte? Take us to the teeth. Yeah, he but... orders to get the blacksmith. Yep. Well, well, and... hold on. We, we did miss. Yeah, go on. We did miss that everybody's in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So they take everyone. So after the after the after the vineyard attack, he he basically orders everyone in the church. It's the safest place. Lock yourself in the church. You can go out during the day to get food and water in pairs with guns. And and then, you know, of course, Seamus is like, uh, yeah, I guess if that's what we have to do. But he, he is he's more and more unhappy with um, John's directives as, as time goes on. Um, so Charlotte takes them to the church where Timmy, because Timmy told her where he hid the teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he gives the teeth to the blacksmith and the blacksmith makes those bullets, that bullet that we saw in the opening sequence with the captain. 
Yeah, and it's uh, things really start to like pick up in this as far as how things uh, progress because it, yeah. it does take time. A typical then, monster yeah, movie they, fashion. Yeah. Once they show you the monster, you got about thirty minutes of action before the end of the movie, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's usually slow until it gets there. Okay, yeah. So I stopped taking notes because I was getting so into the film. Uh. Oh, shit. So, let's go on. Uh, okay, so, think, they, so they're going to kill the first werewolf uh, soon, um, and, they, and they take it to the barn to dissect it. Now, how did they catch the first werewolf? Yeah, that's why I, that's why I can't remember. Like, yeah. uh, they might have things uh, trap set or... Um, yeah, basically they do yeah. get it surrounded somehow, and he's got the silver bullet now, right? So, uh, so they do they do take this werewolf down, and they take it down in a pretty horrific fashion, if I remember. It was pretty mangled by the time they got it into mm -hmm. the barn, and yeah. as soon as they put it on the table, John just starts slicing this thing open. Oh, the john captures it somehow john captures it he goes back to the fucking he sets traps there's the trap scene he sets he digs holes oh spikes, yes carves spikes, Car spikes. does yes. the, the 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 leaves on right. top it and at the it, original attack yes it falls the same uh, hut that he right, was right. killed and it falls onto it the pit falls trap. onto the pit trap Yes. And he brings it back to the the estate to go the into estate. the barn. Yep. The men from the estate, they go in and he and... he already warns them, you need to be ready. Right. For you're... what you're about to see. Yeah, this is a yeah. And he starts to autopsy it. It's like yeah. uh, that's all I'm thinking. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's cutting this thing open. He's gutting it and he, and he lifts up the flesh. Yeah. And it's and... just like it's just pinkish white and there's a sack. A, yeah, uh, and in the sack, amniotic the sack, sack, the sack tears itself open, and it's the girl, yeah, right, from the vineyard, and the father is right there. That's my daughter. Is she okay? And he's like, No, that's not your daughter, man. She's gone. You gotta. They put, never, they never just, come back. Just There's nothing bullet, you can yeah, do. He just tells you, you have, you have to kill her. You have to kill her. <laughs> yeah, put a bullet in her head. And he's hesitating, 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 hesitating. <laughs> And, and it finally does. And the scene is disgusting, but but like yeah, so it lo everything looks so cool, and the even yeah, the, the shot the, the, the vines are coming out. The vines are coming kind out, of like reaching out. She's like has an otherworldly screeching type yeah. cry that's coming got, out. Her eyes are black. Her skin's gray. Yeah, he shoots she's... her like right in the forehead, and it like it like scalps her. Fucking oh. JFK. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked. It, it was crazy. What a great scene. Yeah, JFK, come on. <laughs> and I'm Jackie O just like clawing at his like, oh my God, get me out of here. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, uh, <laughs> my condolences. Uh, he, so, 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 okay, hold on. So everything that we know about uh, werewolves is completely turned on his head at this point. Yeah, you yeah. can cut open this fucking thing, and the person is inside, and it's yeah. actually just yeah. been in there. Yeah, yeah. So when the girl was cocooned, it, it obviously it grew around her and like kind of used so wild her as it's an insane idea. <laughs> if anyone floated that idea, and I was like making a movie, I'm gonna make a.
movie and someone's like what if this is how they happen i'll be like get the fuck out the door that's stupid yeah <laughs> but it was awesome it was awesome. it's just so insane of an idea it's also important to point out that i don't think uh he has the silver bullets yet i think he gets them after this kill um yeah because because he, he didn't Char- use because charlotte happens yeah. after he didn't yeah, the conversation didn't, with charlotte happens after happens after yeah and because he didn't have he didn't definitely he didn't didn't shoot. The, yeah, he didn't shoot this thing with the silver bullets. He, he set traps because again, he didn't know that it was this yet. It yeah. could have been an animal still. So he set traps for the animal to come back to the original kill, and now he knew it was going to be this, and and yeah. it was this. So right then, Charlotte, he he pleads with her to get right. the story. She finally tells the story, and so now he knows this is it. the The hunt is on. This is the same events that happened in my past are happening again. And yeah. This is for real. Right. So now uh, Seamus is kind of like, that happened to my boy too. And he's like, your boy's gone. Yeah. Is that my boy now? Uh, Is my boy going to suffer the same fate? Yeah. He's trying to wrestle with that. And that's when Seamus takes a hunting party out on his own accord. (laughs) Um, But this is, this is what you mentioned on like 30 minutes ago. And and he kind of he tells John to get out of here. I'll deal with it. it's my problem. Yeah, it's my don't family. Don't need you anymore. And he's yeah. like he's like that's not right because you you're obviously a moron. Uh, <laughs> so he goes to the church um, because he has this pretty good idea that that's gonna be the the final showdown location, and he is right. Uh, right. So. <laughs> Okay. Because uh, no, this, the... this, this, this all happens right now, I believe. I don't think there was another day. Things happen in the house first. Okay. That lead to the church. Okay. Everyone goes to bed with Seamus and everyone, and that's where things happen, and then things go to church, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, so... He gets the blacksmith, I believe. He's, he, he, Charlotte tells a story. He, they get the teeth from the church because everyone is already in the church that exists. People are staying there. He gets the blacksmith. He says to order the army to come here because that's what he did at the other place that he came right. from. That's all. Those wheels are already on route. Uh, on route. Um, and so now there's still another night at the estate where everyone's in bed. Uh, he might be awake or whatever because he's been kind. There's been some conversations right, where he's staying right, awake, right. dealing because with this shit. He the wife his... comes in and is talking yeah. to him. He leaves and, his gun like, uh, at yeah. his like vantage point, so to go back into the house. Right. Yeah, and then Seamus comes by and like shuts his wife up and says, "Get the fuck to bed." And he's like, "Whatever, okay." <laughs> uh, and this is where this is the initial thing happens where, at the house. It starts at the house. Right. Where they're now being hunted. Yes. Uh, right. And he he even tells oh, well, shit. Seamus. The, ma- the maid. The maid. The maid. You know, he even tells Seamus that it's that it's after you. Yes. He's, he's like, it's after you. Yes. <laughs> the, the maid happens. Yes. The maid is doing laundry. She's hanging clothes. She's yes. attacked. Right. She is attacked by the original werewolf, probably. Yep. Yep. Edward. Edward. She's bit. She escapes somehow. Can't remember how. She escapes. She cleans herself up. Right. She needs to get back to doing her maid shit because that's her job. 
Uh, but she's like obviously getting sick. Yeah. She's doing her maid shit. Uh, and things happen. So here's now we're trying to remember, and this is where beats get off. But this is where like certain plot holes happen, or things that are uncharacteristic for the characters occur. Right. Because um, uh, John, the pathologist, asks about the maid that night. Like, where's the maid? Because, like, he looks out at the field and he sees the blood-stained sheets and everything. And he asks about the maid. Right. But Seamus, Seamus says some bullshit and other things happened. And pathologist kind of, like, lets it go after that. And it's uncharacteristic. It kind of breaks continuity with what would occur in real life. Right, right. But whatever. Because, so, eventually... Anyways, the maid is obviously going to turn, but they don't address that. And everyone goes to sleep. Seemingly. Yes. And that's when, then, things start to happen where the creature, the maid, has turned. And now the maid is in the house. The creature is in the house. Right, because the the everything's boarded up, so the creature can't get in. So this is obviously the maid, right? Yeah, um, uh, and she starts stalking things. And there's a Seamus gets out of bed. Uh, the pathologist is already up. Yeah, but uh, somehow the house gets lit on fire. Yeah, Seamus um, is with the creature up in the top, up in the attic, more or less. Yeah, Seamus uh, gets attacked. He gets bit. Yeah, he but he kills. Kills the maid one. Yeah, he kills um, the maid. And then he... So then... Uh, what's his name? John, the pathologist, finds him in the barn. Yeah, he follows Seamus because he knows Seamus was bit. Right. Well, he just tracks Seamus. The, the, the maid's already been taken care of. It's been yep. killed. Yep. He follows um, Seamus to the barn. The, no. the mom and Charlotte have gotten out of the house. Yeah. Um, or almost have gotten out of the house. No, they're not out of yeah, the I house. Yeah, I think yet. they were. Because I think no, John. No, I thought that he think, sent I them think, already. Yeah, may, uh, maybe. Maybe John does that before he goes into the barn. Whether it's before or after doesn't really matter. Um, so he goes to the barn. Seamus is there on his knees in a in a pile of what could be some kind of liquor or maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, you know uh, lantern wax or lantern oil, and um, he's got his torch and he. He has this little, I've been bitten, you know. Like, yeah, it, he knows. Yeah, yeah it's my, his, his little goodbye speech uh, when he sets himself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Self-immolation, yeah. which is... I will say is sort of like a theme the past year or so. There are films that have uh, evoked this occurrence. And really, this is what the mother did in uh, the last movie, All the Moons. Right. Different way, but yeah. same principle. The, the, these two movies were so similar, <laughs> uh, accidentally, I think, obviously, because like... no, we it's it's that we <laughs> oh just have, have this way of knowing. Yeah, we just because it's just we're awesome. It was a good pick. It was a good pick. This this yeah. uh, this double feature. Okay. So yeah, he puts himself on fire, and he says. We got to get to the church. Right. So him and the mom and the Charlotte go to the church, and they and Edward's the only werewolf alive at this point, and he's he's like outside the church. Maybe he's beating on the door. Can't quite remember. Um, I know that yeah. 
I know that John the, just like lets it in because he's like, well, the, no, the mother does. Oh, the mother lets it in, right, right. Because she hears it and she, she thinks like it's my it's, son, right. So this is the first time that any of the werewolves have communicated too. So like, here's another step to werewolf mythology. It can mimic the voice of the person inside it. Yeah. Um, so, so she thinks that's my boy. She opens the thing, um, which is good for John because it's like a nice spot to trap the thing, right? But there's mm-hmm. so many people, it's hard for him to get a shot off before he, he does a little carnage. Yeah, and so like a lot of carnage happens. A lot of fucking carnage. werewolf breaks in and is tearing the fuck out of people in this church. Yeah. It's and, like fucking Kingsman style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes a while for John to get a clean shot. And he does, and pretty much uh, we have, like, naked boy covered in goo on the floor. Um... <laughs> okay, go just, just, yeah. <laughs> just a second, to frame it. <laughs> he knows he has the silver bullet. Right. He has his gun. She is not willing to accept, the mother is not willing to accept the fact that he can't be saved. Right. She's embracing him. He says... You can't. You have. You have to let go, and he shoots through the mother. Through the mother, right? Into the into the werewolf. They both fall down. Uh, she's dying. She's dead. And yeah. the, the werewolf is dead. Uh, and yeah, the the sun emerges, cha- yep. uh, changed. Yep. And. Then it cuts back to the. No, we get. I don't think it cuts back to anything. What does it cut back to? Nothing. We get um. The boy is alive, and John's yeah says talks to him. And, it does cut to the future with, John old. Does it? Right. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't remember that. It cuts to him in the future? I yeah. thought it ended. He, The kid comes okay. out, and you realize, so, okay, he lives. Right. He, so the, the curse goes... is broken in some kind of way. Yeah, okay. So hold on. So he says, he says goodbye. He says goodbye to the kid. And then... He, Right. Oh wait, wait, no. Wait, wait, he's, yeah. He says he says he's gonna take Charlotte and Edward as his kids. He's gonna raise yes, them. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. And then it yeah. cuts to his deathbed, and yes. Char- and Charlotte is there. Right, because the... because that happened at the beginning of the movie where the bullet was found, uh, and then a woman is arriving at a place. And she she asks, is he is he okay? Is he pat? Is he gonna? Is he passed yet? And she, and they're like, no, but it's close. And it's yeah. it's Charlotte grown up. Charlotte grown up, yes. She finds the news that Edward just died in the war because they found the bullet. Because so she, they pulled that, the pulled the bullet out. Yeah, yeah. Because that was Edward. Because he was turned. Yeah. And he was saved by the silver bullet. Yep. Now, yeah, they they jump back to that. Yes, you're right. I am. So my and then is, so then we get the photo. Of him young with the kids young, and yes. it, it, and it pans down to show the four remaining silver bullets sitting on his nightstand there. Yes, yeah. and then and fade to black. <laughs> right. Um, so, 
Overall. So, overall is a very good movie. Um I'm I'm gonna give this movie a seven as well. I I kind of wanted to give it a six. I'm gonna give it a seven. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I would give it a six five. I, yeah, I can't it, give it a I, right. It's a six. I, I don't want def- to. Yeah, it's a solid six five. I the because there's so many things about it, Nate, that are like sort of average. Like we're talking right. about a lot of interesting things, but like we're kind of hyping up a lot of the way that it does it because like you know it's just more fun. Right. It doesn't do itself favors. And again, like people that aren't into these kinds of films, like by the end, it does silly things. Like the fact that he knows the maid had something happen, but then he like ignores the fact that something happened with the maid and he like lets uh, yeah. people go to Especially bed. Especially with the bloody it doesn't sheets. Make sense. Especially with the bloody yeah. sheets. It, it definitely doesn't make sense. So, it's... exactly what you're saying. The movie, <clears throat> the, good, the good parts are so good. But the bad parts are so bad, <laughs> and and yeah, like you said, it's just kind of like it averages out to a little below average, I think. Um, yeah. Because I really did like all the interesting takes. Um, it's how hard is it to make a fresh werewolf movie? Pretty mm-hmm. fucking hard. Like uh, we we brought it up during antlers we brought it up during after midnight like creature yeah. features are not easy films to make interesting yeah um, and it was weird because the way this film came out it's it has wide theatrical release right uh it has practically no publicity right you know it's just out there people are upset there's nothing original these days the everything's a re reboot or a requel and it's like okay folks here's an original fucking movie yeah are you gonna go see it and it seems like people are like no i'm not gonna go see it but we're still gonna complain that there's nothing original so it's like you have to go see these films folks like you have to fucking do it no it's very true um i love the movie poster for the curse it's the white poster of the teeth as the curse in red and right above it it says one of the best horror films of the year, mind okay, you. And again, mind you, it's, it's fe- on, it was it's released on, on February 18th. <laughs> so, so they're not one of, wrong. One of the best horror films in the last six weeks. <laughs> that's not. That's a little bit of a low blow. I that's mean, below the belt. Yeah, like come on, come on. Uh, it's written and directed by Sean Ellis. Uh, gotta love I, it when okay, the right. Yes. Gotta what love when the right, when the writer director is the same guy. I'm always interested because uh, that yeah. means you know that his vision was probably not compromised unless there was, you know, shitty producers hanging around being like, you got to put a Pepsi can in this scene. Um, so <laughs> He's like, oh, well, it's a period piece. Yeah. So uh, Anthropoid and Metro Manila are his, his two big films. I guess Anthropoid is, is the more popular one. It has um, Cillian Murphy in it. Uh, it's yeah. uh, it's a World War Two SS movie, um, which is uh, which I've never seen, but I'm like yeah. super interested in watching now. Yeah. Um, a big you know a big Cillian Murphy fan anyway, and um, and the curse you know was was a solid movie. Um, yeah, I mean you look back at it and you kind of there's a lot of credit that you can give to it. It's just that there wasn't a certain continuity that that just kept you immersed in the film the way that you wanted to. Like I said, 
I talked about that shot with the camp in detail because of how impactful it was. Right. And there wasn't a scene like it afterward. Right. No, true. That true. to me, it just, it just spoke so much to intent and meaningfulness that everything after it was what you would see in a regular production uh, office type horror movie where it's like just garbage throw it at the this is just this and this is just this and you didn't see the artistic direction and it was disappointing because of that so that's why i i can't give it a seven it's definitely a six five at best it could be even a six uh i enjoyed watching it and i would say yeah it's fun to watch it has cool ideas and the way that they do it is interesting um but yeah it's not something that's gonna stand the test of time unfortunately no, no, I, I, I agree. I think um, I think it was good. I think you should see it. I think you should pay money to see it in the theater before it leaves theaters mm-hmm. because theaters are dying and horror um, you know needs to make sure it, it like lives on. <laughs> yeah. Um, a really quick sidebar, not to cut you off, like there's been a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter talking about how they saw in the theaters was something from two years ago i am one that took precautions very very serious as far as COVID goes and don't go anywhere that's not safe always wear a mask blah 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 blah. theaters have been open for a very long time now if you're still not seeing something in the theater for fear of COVID, i think you're doing a disservice to everybody involved in our community Go to the fucking theater. It's yeah. safe. We're at a point where things are very controllable, very safe, uh, as, as safe as they can be with anything. So just go to the theater. See a fucking movie. If Scream is the first movie that you see in since COVID, like, you could have probably saw a couple more la- last year. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Go see films in the theater. They need these box office results, and people need to see that this is a viable outlet for showing right, their right. art. De- we can't we, just yeah. rely on streaming. Right. There's we, great streaming. Streaming's it's fine. The we cannot rely on streaming. We need to. Re- we need theaters to survive. Um, all the other things we're losing due to two years of COVID. Yeah. Um, so yes, go to the theater. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we got uh, all the moons out of seven. We're. I think we're definitely calling the curse to six five. Either way, right. go watch them both. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. next week, which is actually only five days away, um, <laughs> due to some scheduling, uh, issues, uh, the scary of 61st and they live in the gray, um, both available on shutter. Uh, they live in the gray is a shutter original, I believe. Um, so these are both, uh, haunting type movies. I think that's the only thing that they really have in common. Yeah. Unless, you know, we, we picked another another two uh, <laughs> just like it like could happen. Uh, it could happen. We've had a couple of good weeks of that in a row. Student body We've in Texas got a, and uh, a sixth and to... sense, if you will. Right, right. <laughs> um so yeah. Um now, okay. Okay. Uh those are the films, but I will mention uh there could be an audible here. Oh uh, yes. Fra- Fresh comes out this weekend. Okay, Fresh, yeah. I... Fresh comes out tomorrow. Sebastian Stan. Right. 
So the, the only reason I did the the, the mock-up was because I wasn't sure when Fresh was coming out. Yeah, it's supposed okay. to come out tomorrow. No one, so. The Hulus, I think. So we'll see. Things could get adjusted. Oh, uh, oh nice. As is natural. Yeah, so we're both right. excited for this film. It had a lot of buzz over the winter as far as like, oh, this is coming out in March. Get excited. So Sebastian Stan has range, and it's going to be yeah. A so, movie. so if we audible fresh, it will be replacing. They live in the gray. We'll do the fresh with the scary of sixty first. Okay. Um, because the scary of sixty first actually does claim to live in the horror comedy genre, which fresh also is. Uh, they live in the gray is just a horror drama. So cool. we'll get more. Right. We'll have more to talk about. Yeah. I think. If we pair it with the with that, awesome. All right, guys. Sorry for uh, the the two part episode, um, but uh, I think that's a wrap. And yeah. uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, Absolutely. For we the... want to see that you guys are watching. We love doing what we do, and we love that you are interested in it as well. Please do that. Like, yes. comment, subscribe and all social media platforms that we have. Please do. For episode 11, part two of the podcast for the recently deceased, I'm Nate Roberts. I am Rodney Godek. Take care. See you next week.